Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. This is your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, back in the place to be on the premiere podcast of Geek Culture presented by people of color. Woo! Yeah, got it all out in one breath. Woo! Alongside me, of course, is the one and only... The Grand Duchess of Tech. I spits hot fire, Tatiana <laughs> King-Jones. All right. <laughs> and playing the role of a browner... Scotty is a Scotty, the engineer. <laughs> he's look, he's Scotty, Scott the engineer, or he's Bones, one or the other. He wants to be Sulu, but we're no, rolling I'm with double. Straight Khan, mother you can't flowers. Be Khan. Khan, Khan wasn't down with the team. Exacto mundo, Spicoli. Of course, I'm also joined by Kim Sonian, the Space Ghost producer. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be here. Yes, in this Black History Month episode. What's up with that? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, we only got less than four weeks to knock out Black oh, History oh, wait, Month. Wait, wait, wait. So, so Black History Month in the shortest month, and we only have one episode dedicated to Black History. Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. we're yeah. keeping it real. <laughs> well, we're keeping it in tune with what everybody else is doing, basically. Yeah, giving Black History Month a short shift, basically. <laughs> Listen, every month is Black History Month. It's American History Month. That's it's right. Coca-Cola. That's the whole point. So that's Coca-Cola? That was a Coca-Cola line, actually, I believe. Every month is Black History Month. That was uh-huh. actually one of their ads. Black oh. History Month is a setup for corporate sponsorship to sell you stuff for a limited amount of time. They work on their campaigns all year so that when February comes around, they roll it out because they think black people going to buy stuff <laughs> just because you put it in a certain context that's a lot more attractive. That's how I see it. So you know what Black History Month? Take that. Oh, it's a conspiracy. A C-O-N spiracy. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, speaking of commercials though and everything, you know, we just had the Super Bowl this weekend. Yes. yes. And uh, I mean, you mentioned Coca-Cola. Then they had a quite um controversial commercial. Yeah, and I don't understand. Controversial commercial. It's only controversial for a certain group of people, Republicans. But I don't understand. <laughs> what was wrong with that commercial. In fact, the commercial celebrated America. Wait, which one? They had a commercial where they showed, um, it was America the Beautiful was being sung. Oh, And it was that, sung oh, in that, a bunch of different that. languages. The funny thing is when it came on, I paid no mind I, to it, it. I totally, you know, I spaced I, out. I did, I thought it was cute. Yeah. I, I thought I, it was. I, I totally spaced out. Did you? I was, yeah. I mean, it was either, the, 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 more, the more reasonable people were either, they didn't really care, you know, they just kind of went in, went out. And other people like me who noticed, I was like, oh, that's cute. Mm. Okay, they're actually uh, uh, paying tribute to the fact that everyone in America doesn't speak English. You know, it may be the national language, but not everybody speaks English, and that's not everybody's first language. So right. I thought I thought it was very, very... Um, endearing. Endearing. That's a good word. Very endearing. It was Thank just you. very good in general, and you didn't butcher it. That was perfect. Nope. I'm working on it. Good job. Um, I did have... Do you have a few favorites, though? Uh... uh... You know, I was that, kind of I, <laughs> I was kind of unimpressed by the commercials this year. I thought the uh, illest one, and I, and I really would like to somebody uh, see somebody on the internet do this. Was the I, I'm I mean I'm not even going to attempt to butcher her name. No, I'm just going to go ahead and just butcher. Qualis, 
I don't know. Little li- the little black girl who's playing Vajene Wallace. Thank Vajene. you. And you're talking about the Jaguar commercial, which I thought that was, was hot. A dope, Maserati. Excuse me. Maserati. My bad. Yeah. Maserati, which I hot. thought was a dope commercial. commercial. I thought it was a really dope commercial, but I fully expected it to be a Godzilla commercial. Like at the end of it, I was fully expecting Godzilla to come popping out. I mean, out. it was literally Beast of the Southern Wilds. It was literally a, a take. I don't know if some people may see Rip, but her whole narration and dialogue and even the vibe was, I don't know if you've seen the movie. I've seen parts of Beasts of the Southern Wild. Well, you have yeah. to see the movie. It's completely Beasts of the Southern Wild meets a car commercial. But the way Maserati did it, it, it was it was just strange how they were able to to kind of integrate that vibe, that, that, that down-home, real eclectic vibe with a luxury car. Yeah, it I was. Would. It was strange. But I don't know if worked. that was the point. I think the point to me was that first of all, it was longer than usual. It focused on her more than anything, and then what happened? Then it turned into a Maserati commercial. Well, yes. Well, when I so it threw me for a loop. Right, but see, th- their whole intention—if you—and the reason why I had mentioned all those adjectives for for that movie and and how that is juxtaposed with Maserati, normally. First of all, the Super Bowl is mostly watched by what people in the 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 ninety nine percent, if you want to say that. A great deal of us watching are in the ninety nine percent. Yeah. And most of us don't own Maseratis, nor can we afford it. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. But it's not the majority. No. So by bringing in Covagene, they were trying to target that audience, obviously. Mm-hmm. By by for me by by calling on that movie they were saying okay you know we get you guys you know we're here for the people yeah we're and they, then they played the underdog card yeah which we're fighting they, against which, the monsters which is, which is crazy to me because right. you know Maz, do you think maserati underdog in the same sentence no no i think baller but i don't think you're ever gonna see that commercial ever again i don't on think yeah. so either i don't think so either so, yeah definitely yeah. So um, the other one, more fan bros related, were the Spider-Man, Captain America. The Spider-Man commercial, I mean, the trailer. The extended any, look. I mean, there was an extended look no, on the web. It was extended, but it wasn't, to me, it wasn't well, what was on TV. It wasn't any different from what I've been seeing. Like, you saw, like, the same the same shots, but in a different angle. Yeah, the TV one didn't show too much more. The extended no. trailer gave you a bit more look at Electro yeah. and his character. Yeah, exactly. You and, see how he starts And off Jamie Foxx right. being a simp yeah. for right. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know. Oh, that's good as simp, though. <laughs> yeah, simp for Spider-Man. I like that one. So, yeah, he's a simp for Spider-Man. And then after that, he, you know, gets the Electro powers and comes back for revenge because, you know, their bromance didn't go right. I'm going to make that a hashtag, yo. Simps simp for, for Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I'm going to start listing yo. Mary jokes. Jane Watson is a simp for Spider-Man. Um, yeah, then there was the Captain America trailer. Well, I mean, is that in on the Spider-Man? No, nothing. Rhino shot missiles and uh, machine guns. That was, you know, new to me. That was I, weird. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really super dissect it. I think what I liked about it was that I did see more Electro. Like, I did see Jamie Foxx with the bad hair. Oh, man, his conk is the, amazing. Oh, oh, the oh, comb he, over. oh yeah. before comb he changes? Yeah, 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 yeah. he got a comb over conk. Yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. <laughs> Shout out to Don Will if he can pull that off. And that's the one person with conk that cannot go to outer space. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. His, Jamie Foxx has got to have been in an outer space movie, though, yet. He hasn't? I can't think of one. We'll find J- hashtag he Jamie Foxx. Yeah, as far he, as I know. He would have had a conk if he was, so no. Um, maybe Electro gets shot into space in the end of this <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> Captain America. So, so wait, Captain America, though, to me, 10 times better than Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, maybe a 50. Yeah, yeah. Captain America right now is just winning the war on the trailer. Right yeah, now. definitely. Captain America wins. Yeah, Captain America is probably going to win the war in the movie theaters, too. Yeah. yeah. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's fast. 
I mean, a lot of people seem to like that Spider-Man movie, and they went and saw it. But nah, I, I'm betting on if I had made money. Well, only because Spider-Man is a summertime movie, and Captain America comes out next month. Right. So I, I'd, I'd bet on Spider-Man to make more money, but you never know because Captain America looks like the clearly superior movie. And Fanbro Falcon. Finally, yes, finally, Falcon, Falcon makes his appearance screen. on screen. One last commercial I wanted to, to shout out, the Radio Shack commercial, where they called in basically every 80s icon you could ah, think of. Ah, that was a great one. That was a good That commercial. was perfect. Especially about how they talked about how uh, the 80s wants their store back. Right. And just playing upon public perception was ingenious. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. They bought, if, I don't know if anybody was really looking at who was on screen during that commercial, but there was Kid and Play, yep. Devo, Alf. Um, the DeLorean, the Hulk, the, the Hulk, yep. uh, Mary Lou uh, from uh, from from the Olympics, yeah, um, yep. Mary Lou Retton, Mary Lou Retton. Um, damn, it was just so many. Ra- Teen oh, Wolf, oh, Teen Wolf, yep. Jason, yep. Um, I believe I saw Freddy. Um, what's the little puppet name? The puppet Chucky, Chucky. It was so many people. It was so many characters. Eighties dream. And we can't. And speaking of the eighties, we can't leave this trailer out. Uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Look Op- of distrust Optimus on everyone Prime. in the room. Okay, the only p- first to me, the graphics were a little weird, but that's neither here nor there. Optimus Prime on a Dinobot. Yeah. If that was a Dinobot, it was definitely a Dinobot. Okay, Optimus Prime was definitely seen a riding sword. a Dinobot with a sword. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind about the 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 robots. Mark Wahlberg. What do we do? We're just gonna overlook wait, but did the we, fact. Did we know that? Did we? Yeah, know we that knew already? that. But yeah, it's no, like but I I'm... forgot. <laughs> so I was I was shocked. When I so saw so it. you know it on paper, but then when you see it though. Like, there's a difference, right? Like, on paper, it might sound like, okay, Marky Mark. But then you see Marky Mark. This is not Marky Mark. This is Dirt Diggler. Respect the man. No, this is the character off of The Happening. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The way he he came off in that trailer, he looked like his character. Somebody's going to do the mashup. Somebody's got to do the mashup. The way he was talking, the way he was carrying himself, that was the happening all over again. Fan bros, somebody get on the mashup of the happening and Transformers Age of Extinction. (laughs) Tell me I'm lying. Supercut all the Marky Mark parts (laughs) side by side. I want to see how that looks. I want to know which would be the worst movie. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. The, it, it, I mean, being a you know, purist or whatnot, you know, the original you know, Transformers fan, I was like, when I saw Optimus Prime riding the dinosaur, I was just like, okay, I'm done. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, Grimlock is not letting himself be ridden. You know, that just say, a, I, I thought that was strange. I, I don't recall that ever. And the other part <laughs> of the commercial that threw me off is at one point, a Transformer jumps off a building and uses a parachute. Which Why w- I need a parachute? So that he can go in slow motion when the wind hits Why him. Why don't you just... And he can just do the Matrix bullets I know, but, shots. but he, he can just go slow motion with a camera who, trick. Do you, you know? remember who was, it was one of the Autobots that did that? I don't know. They all look the same in these movies. <laughs> that's the hard that's part. that's the problem. Yeah. problem. They all look the same. They don't look the same in any other medium. No, but in the movie, all of a sudden, they all mash together. And they're all grayish. I mean, he was green. I, I'm a bet Autobot. Because he, he had a parachute, so he probably can't transform right, into a jet. I was going to say, just transform into the... Whatever, yeah, to a jet. So, no, since he's an Autobot, he's going to be driving. So, yeah, I'm not feeling this uh, Transformers. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we shall see. But uh, spe- <laughs> speaking of Marky Mark and uh, Dirt Diddler, we do have a sadder note right now to let in on. Um, we have to say rest in peace to Philip Seymour Hoffman, who passed away earlier this week from an apparent uh, heroin overdose. Yeah, yeah. Um. The official word, um, well, I don't even want to say official word, but the official rumor is that it was some extra strength, different type of heroin, where the type of stuff that you're not supposed to put in your body, period. You ain't supposed to put heroin in your body, no yeah, matter what. Yeah, about that. But it was like the type of stuff where it was a one-hitter quitter. 
like he didn't even have a chance. And he had 50 bags, allegedly, uh, in this hotel room. So, so I, that, that was... No, nah, that was his it, apartment. Th- yeah. It was very shocking to me. I was like... I, it just came out of left. I mean, like, my, my what really shocked me the most is, like, I know people who, you know, like, have been on heroin and whatnot. And um, it's Word? like... Yeah. I mean, I've lived a life. Yeah, Ben, I mean. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, ben. And it's like a real sleep drug. Like, they are asleep. You know, they are nodding off all the time, all that type of stuff. Oh, and so I don't understand how he could be such an accomplished actor and be so far gone. Like, be and, surprised. And it seems that this isn't, like, new news. Like, I've seen, yeah. you know, a lot of articles coming up where they're like, he admitted to this long ago. That, he did, he yeah. did. So he was he was sober for about 20-plus years and then fell off the wagon, like, about a year or something ago. Oh, then, okay. Then he got clean again, but then fell off again, and then this happened. So he was actively going to rehab okay. i'm not sure the time he stopped going to to, to to you know this past week but tragedy struck so yeah. and that's unfortunate because as you said he was an extremely accomplished actor um i know at least for me the, the last thing that i remember seeing him in was um the hunger games movie mm. uh, catch a fire yeah. and he you know he played his role just like any other role he plays fabulously so it, it's sad. It's just, it's a great loss. I mean, like, I'm seeing him mentioned now as being, you know, and it's funny, I, I used to think of Johnny Depp as this, as, like, the greatest actor of our generation. I kind of fell off with Johnny because of, you know, like... Pirates? I mean, just his whole career of the last 10 the, years. The one when he's an Indian? It, geez, it goes on and on, the, you know, the Oz or whatever, yeah. Um, oh, Tonto. He's Tonto. Yeah. He looked dope, though. The design yeah. was dope. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of people have been putting Philip Seymour Hoffman's name in that, you know, hat now. And when you really look at his body of work, I mean, it's like, I, I want to say that he's not like a chameleon where you never know it's him, you know, Philip, but you just always are shocked that it's him. You know, like, cause I, the first thing I remember seeing him in is uh, Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, that role is just, you know, out of control. And then you can take him and put him in, like, Mission Impossible, where he played the villain in that. Right. He could and, do anything. Yeah, and he was a full-on villain. Like, you did not for any second doubt his evil, you know? You would never connect him to that same dork in Boogie Nights. And he's the type of person where you would never doubt his gangster, just period. Like, yep. if... Remember how we keep talking about all these random people that keep getting chosen for these roles lately? If he... some, If just out of left field, they said, yo, he's gonna be... The Penguin, just for instance. I know that's out of sight, but to say he's in... He would have murdered it. He would have murdered it, right. Yeah. It would have been amazing. You would have been like, you know what? That's plausible. Yeah. And that's the type of actor he was where it didn't matter what you say he was in. You'd be like, you know what? He's probably going to crush that. Yep. So rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, definitely rest in peace to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Blessings to his family and friends. And with that, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Uh, this is AEG, the coroner, East New York, Brooklyn's finest outdoorsman here listening to the Fan Bros show with uh, DJ Ben Hameen and Tatiana King. You know? What else can I say, man? I mean, you know, you can they tell the fans it. who you are, you know, one more time, let them know. All right. This is A.G. the Coroner, Outdoorsman's <laughs> Finest, East New York, Brooklyn, in effect. And when I'm just chilling, watching Breaking Bad with my feet up, man, I'm listening to the Fan Bro Show with DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana King. All and right. You should, too. Word. And welcome back, Fan Bros. I hope that break wasn't too long. It's still your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, in the place alongside Tatiana King, the Grand Duchess of Tech, and the Space Ghost producer, Kim Sonian. What is going on out there in the world? I just want to let everyone know that fanbros.com is popping 10 right now. It is off the hook. We've got all kind of new writers on the site, all kind of new contributors. They have been putting in 
massive amounts of work. Put it in that work, and it's been an incredible amount of amazing content. Thank it's, you. It, it's really great that the response and then the talent that's out there is amazing. Yes. Yes. So yes. we really want to thank all those writers for submitting your pieces and your talent is really shining right now. Word up. Big shout out to the homie Jovan Miles. Probably butchered that one real quick. <laughs> he wrote a post about uh, Octavia Butler yeah. and how HBO needs to make uh, the parable series, the parable series yeah, into, yeah, yeah. A, into a series on HBO. And I've read um, Parable of the Sower. I think I read the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the second one. And I fully agree with him. It's also, it's a, I don't know, for all the fan bros out there who don't know, Octavia Butler is an, I mean, go to fanbros.com, first of all, read the article. But she's an acclaimed science fiction writer. Parable of the Sower is about a young black woman in the near future who is basically trying to survive in America. And what is really crazy about it, and it's one of those books, it was like when I read uh, Fahrenheit 451, that even though I knew it was written in the past or a little bit in the past, when you read it, it felt like current still times applies. right now. Like, Absolutely. not even still applies. It felt like it was, like, going on. Like, I was, mm-hmm. like, when I read Parable so I got depressed. I can't even lie to you. Because it was one of them things, like, I was like, oh, God, this is how we're living right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and it was meant to be like, this is not what you want to see happen, you know. And so it's definitely something that I would have really loved to see on HBO or AMC or any, you know, network like that. Yeah, any 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 real big sci-fi fan would just, just love her writing anyway. And, you know, that's a big part of black history. Most definitely. Octavia Butler, shout her out. Um, also, big shout out to Bowman12L, who wrote a really dope post, which I really feel from the heart about Cartoon Network and their ability to slaughter a show <laughs> with no problem just because it's not basically selling toys. Because, like, as he writes in his article, they're after a very specific demographic at Cartoon Network. And if a show doesn't appeal to that demographic, it's out of there. Which is what happened to Young Justice, which is one of my favorite shows in recent memory. I mean, it's just one of the best shows. We talked about it at length when it was on. Mm -hmm. Go check it out, fan bros. It's an amazing piece of work. And they canceled it after two seasons because the toys weren't selling the kids. That's crazy to me. I mean, aren't there a majority of adults watching Cartoon Network? I mean, not just Adult Swim, but Cartoon Network. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this isn't even Adult Swim, and I was watching it religiously, even when they kept butchering the time, you know, changing it around, putting it on at random times, stopping it for months, then replacing it, you know, everything they did to not keep people interested. But the writing and the animation on the show was so great that I kept coming back to it, but then they still canceled it after two seasons. So it's like... What can you do? And the funny thing is toys aren't even selling like that anymore. It's not just the problem with having a cartoon that sells that kids are more into video games, various other right. things than toys. So there has to be a solution to this. But so far, Cartoon Network hasn't found it. And since they seem to be making money, they're not really worried about it. There's more about this on this post, you guys. So definitely go to fanbros.com. Check this out. There's tons of great content. Once again, you guys will not be disappointed. Yep. And uh, we're always looking for more contributors, so you can hit us up. Kimson, where can they hit us up at? They can hit us up at, uh, well, definitely at fanbros.com. There's a link where you can just email um, your uh, info, and you then fill out. If you're trying to be a writer, then you fill out the questionnaire yeah, and we'll all this kind of stuff. send you a questionnaire. There's kind of a little process to go through. Um but definitely check us out on the site for that. Um, the other thing is we are looking for a social media assistant. So yes. somebody who can really 
help us uh you know navigate the waters of social media and uh, put us where we need to be um we're doing a pretty good job so far but we really would like if there's anybody out there really interested in uh really helping the fan bros and supporting us um you know hit us up yep so hit us up you can hit us at fanbrosshow at gmail.com we're looking for a social media contributor as timson said someone who's down with the twitterverse Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, everything. Instagram. I mean, everywhere. We This has to be someone who's going to be dynamic that can hit every platform, every major platform, um, and can do it well. Yep. And and you have to have the time for this because we may be asking for things, maybe not around the clock, but at you know at least U.S. hours. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, not, not just the time, <laughs> but the dedication. We need yeah. somebody who loves, you know, the social media world, loves yeah. fan bros, right. you know, and wants to help, you know, bring this ship to the next level. Shout out to fanbros.com. Shout out to all our contributors out there who are, you know, already contributing. Like I said, if you want to help us out or join the team, hit us up at fanbrosshow at gmail.com. So let's bring it back to one of our new segments this week, which right now is still called the fanbros advice segment. You know, we are contemplating. Dear Duchess, man. I like Dear Duchess. I don't. Because yeah. it's not just me that you guys are. Nah, well, but it's not just it's me gotta, that gives the uh, No, no, but it's you, but you're like the focus. I like the fact that it's it's focused on the female element of the show, the wise element of the show, and, and Dear Duchess, this DD, it rings. Anyway, I vote Dear Duchess. All right, well, you know, we'll, we'll put that into the hat. We'll see if that works. Then I mean, said no. No, <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm not said, sure yet. Says, ah, well, that means no, y'all. We can still call it Fan Bros Advice. No, no, that's like I like ass. Dear Duchess. Um, but last week we had a couple questions. You know, I'm still waiting to hear from our boy Jay out there. You know, we answered your question, Jay. We want to know how that went down. We want to know what the results of our advice were. Um, Samantha, too. Samantha, Samantha too. F. Also, you know, how's it been going? Have you visited any coffee shops? Have you met some new friends? <laughs> where? Yeah, like we're not just giving these uh, answers in a vacuum. Like where we just tell y'all and we don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Respond, you know. If you want to holler at us on the website, email us or even respond to your the post that you put on the website to begin with, let us know. Yes, and we need some more questions. You know, we we got a couple for this week, but we also need some more for the future. So once again, hit us up on the website. Hit us on the Twitter at Fanbros Show. We'll put another post on fanbros.com because we need more Dear Duchess questions. But right now we have our question of the week, and it is from the real console. Do you want me to read this or Tatiana? You go ahead, Tatiana. Go ahead. I'll read it. Dear Duchess, hey, got a question for you guys. I'm a married fan, bro, and my wife does not F with my nerdery. <laughs> Literally fell asleep watching the Avengers. Calls Divorce. Iron Man garbage. She sees me playing GTA 5 and says, turn off that, that, excuse me, turn off that basura right now. I try to tell her you should get involved in some things, but she still won't F with it. She tolerates my fandom to a degree, but she doesn't participate. My question is, how can I get my wife to not necessarily be a fan role, but to be more involved in my love for pop culture, comics, video games, and things of that nature. Thank you and salutes. All right, off the bat, uh, Real Console, I just want to say my advice is any woman who falls asleep watching the Avengers, I 
file for divorce right now. <laughs> like, Yo, that's messed up. Dude. You're so rough, dude. I mean, come on. It's the Avengers. I, this I, is but honestly not, the Avengers not for asleep. everybody. Nah, but you know what it was. What? He was? He was watching it on the iPad and he had the headphones on. That's what happened. <laughs> he was cutting her out Clearly of the equation. Clearly they were not at the movies because <laughs> if they were at the movies, she would have not have fallen asleep. Yes, the Avengers fell asleep. If, you know, I, I, I just, I just want to hear an update from this console. I want to know, were you in the movie theater? Because that is a big part of the that's equation. That's a huge, yeah. But, yeah. but, but in her defense... If it wasn't a movie theater, a lot of people fall asleep in movie theaters. This it doesn't even true. matter what movie That's is true. on. Yeah. That's true. So, so that could be it. But to give you guys a more, well, not give you guys, but the real console, to give you a more positive answer, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're supposed to be doing, um, start off small. Don't go straight for the jugular with stuff like the Avengers and Spider-Man and all that, all that. Start off small. Start off something that is kind of common already on TV that everybody likes. Maybe she doesn't like stuff that comes from an animated world. Maybe she likes something that's more, um, more, more realistic. Maybe she likes something like Big Bang Theory. Mm. Now, Big Bang. <laughs> now, now, hold on. Hold on. on. The, wrong the reason why here. I'm saying that. The reason why I'm saying that is because they're real people and they're not necessarily superheroes. They talk. They have real lives, but they also talk about nerdy stuff. Now, if she likes sitcoms, uh, I see. I see. You know what I'm saying? Now, if she likes sitcoms, she would. More readily get into something like that because it's an episodic thing. It's no, it's no real um, expectation behind it. You know, she doesn't have real responsibility to learn everybody. You know, it's just something we could do by nice. If that's too heavy, and say you want to do something like video games, do casual games. Do games where it's two type two players. If it's something simple like Mario Kart, for instance, yes, do that because honestly, like I don't know even people who don't like video games like that. They like competition and i bet you that she will enjoy some nice competition and before you know it she'll get really into it yep. and then the next thing she's going to ask you is are there any more games like this mm-hmm. i promise you my thing is you can if you have xbox go to xbl get one of them two player games there's a there's a there's a um if you have a playstation there's a game i don't remember the name i'm going to put it up on a website but it's a game where you control like mice in a lab and it's the sh- it's it's such a weird premise, but it's really fun because it's both cooperative and um, competitive, mm. and it's and it's and it has cute graphics. So if you want to mask that, if you want to mask what she's really doing with some cute stuff, or maybe she only likes cute stuff, do that. All you have to do is you have to look for ways um, around the obvious. Like don't just go for the obvious fanbro stuff. Yeah, um, that's a great one right there. Also, you know, you can try as far as like TV, you know. Even though it's not the best, maybe something like Agents of Shield, you know, or uh, which I hear is really good, Sleepy Hollow, which I mean to get into. Right, and then and especially shows where where they where they have characters that are like you, you know, like you, yourself, uh, the real console, or like your wife, yep. because if it's something that she could, um, she could relate to, that would be even easier. Stuff like she may already watch Scandal. The stuff that Huck does is straight up fan bro stuff. You might be able to find uh, uh, something there like, yo, you know all that stuff Huck does? That's a lot of stuff that I see on um, Mission Impossible. And then, you know, maybe introduce something that's similar to that. The Hunger Games, though. Like, the like Hunger sci- Games. sci-fi that might have a little more of a, I don't know. If feminine she, slam. Feminine slam. Yeah. You know, right. something like that. Like you said, I think, Tatiana, you made a good point about not going super, super hard and then, you know, I'm not a marriage expert, but if she's putting up with your stuff, you might have <laughs> you to, might you might have to sit through stuff. some Matthew McConaughey, 
um, Kate Hudson films or The Notebook for the 20th time. And and then you can turn on The True Detective, you know, which stars Matthew McConaughey. Right. And then you can kind of lead her to the dark side slowly where you drop these little hints of bread and you create a trail. <laughs> but really, though, and it's like it's kind of a game of six degrees of separation because there before you know it, she's going to be on the same stuff as you simply because there's so many there's so many um, matching parts that she's going to be like, oh, okay, I didn't even realize that this was fan bros type stuff. Oh, I didn't even realize this has anything to do with comics. I'm telling you. And then uh, speaking of comics, like one that I always recommend and console, if this doesn't work, then I, I, just, you know, I won't believe it. Because if you want to get her on the comics, give her something like Why the Last Man, mm. which you know features a mainly all-woman cast, basically because there's only one man left on the planet in the book. And it's not, you know, about superheroes, but it's one of the best told stories. It's a complete story within the 60 issue, so she won't have to keep reading forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get her the graphic novel, start her off with the first one. Boom. She, You know, if she enjoys reading, she'll love it. I promise you, every person I've ever put it on to who's not even a comic reader is addicted to it, finishes the whole story. And then they want to read, just like you say, just like with video games. Then they want to know, well, what else can I read? Yeah. I, I would say, at least for me, the, 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 the two-player video games are the quickest and easiest way to get somebody involved. Simply because, and like I said, do do the do the more simple games. Not Don't go out giving her Metal Gear Solid, none of that stuff. Like I said, get some, <laughs> get some arcade Halo. type stuff. <laughs> no, for real. Because people, a lot of people try to be like, yo, check this out. And it's, you're just Chief. sitting there like, oh, Getting my God. Getting murdered over First and over again. For, for a lot of people who don't even like video games, there's too many buttons to begin with. So go to something that's more. Yo, there's one video game that I played made by Rockstar that I think is so collaborative and it's perfect for a couple. And I actually played it. It was kind of like a double date. It was two couples we were playing, and it's L.A. Noir. And it's mm. the it's the it's the video game where they're in the fifties, oh, L.A. Yeah, yeah, and it's a detective noir thing. But what happens is. When you get onto a crime scene, you interrogate people and they ask questions, you ask questions, and you have to answer. Mm. And so as a group, we decided which answer. Ah. So then that led us down different paths. So yep. there's another so that actually I think but the reason I'm saying it's it's because it's rock star. So then you can say Hey, these are the same people that made GTA Five. They're <laughs> hating on draw, me for draw, draw but check it out. Here it is. So it's like slow leading them to the fire. And lastly, um, kind of taking a riff off of what Kimson said, Kimsonian said. <coughs> excuse me. You can also use that. Um, make it a group thing. If you guys have, you know, other married couples that you guys hang with, make it like one day. Make it a game night. You guys, I've been playing this game with my husband um, called Lego Marvel, Marvel Superheroes. That is the cutest game ever, but it also deals completely with Marvel comic book characters. But it's also up to what it is up to four players, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. That's something that you can do. Make it a party. You know, make it something, like I said, if you want to do the Mario, old school Mario party, fine, whatever. Make it more interactive. The more interactive it is, the more she, she would forget or not even realize, hey, this is that straight up stuff that I don't normally F with. So give it a try. Nice. All right. So I think that's it for Real Console's advice for this week. We'll be looking for more questions from our audience. You can hit us at fanbroshow at gmail.com. Hit us on the Twitter at fanbroshow. And remember, people, we're not just looking for a relationship. If you have any questions, if you have a question for Tatiana, if you have a question for DJ Ben Amin, if you have a question for Kim Sonian, if you have a question for 
Chico Leo will go out into the spaceship and find him and get your question answered. It doesn't just... I have questions for Chico Leo. Yeah, well, I got questions. I got a list of questions for that dude. But yeah, you know, any questions you have for us about video games, comics, TV, film, anything, life in general, metaphysics, you know, religion, it doesn't matter. We'll cover it. metaphysics. Hey, you know, I'm a big... I'm a big Ben will answer those questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big metaphysics fan. You know, I, I'm always into stuff like that. So, you know, let's get the some. Metaphysical. Yeah. <laughs> Very in, lyrical and spiritual. Miracle whip. Hit us on the Twitter at Fanbro Show. Oh, my God. At Fanbro Show. Do the G- knowledge, son. Do the knowledge. Peace, God. Peace, son. Word. What's the science for today? What's the mathematics? Yeah, Fanbro Show at gmail.com. Hit us up. We need more questions. Jay, we're still looking for your answer. Samantha, we want to know how it goes. Real Console, please let us know how it goes with your wife. And we'll be right back after this quick break with more Fanbros. Greetings, fan bros. It's your pal, Matt Raz, and I'm here to speak to you about... Ben, what am I doing a commercial for? You're talking about people subscribing to iTunes, leaving comments. People that subscribe to iTunes, please help to assist me. I'm sick of people going on iTunes, leaving comments every week. Is that... Is that yeah? I mean, you want to tell them how you really feel? Yeah, I... Stop leaving comments on the iTunes. We get, we're getting so many comments on the iTunes right now. We're gonna stop posting the show there. We're just gonna, we're just gonna post our own comments on there. But they shouldn't stop subscribing. Just commenting. Uh, you know what? I changed my mind. They should actually do. They should subscribe. They should comment. They should rate rate the show. Fan Bros on iTunes. Oh, actually, even Fan Bros who listen through SoundCloud should just as a courtesy. Please go to i. It's really important. It sounds stupid. Every week you're like, guys, shut up about the help in iTunes. I get it. Yeah, this is going on. Can we get back to the show? Uh, we can, but we're actually just going to keep this particular commercial break going until you, you listening right now, go on iTunes and rate it. And subscribe. We'll, we'll give, you, give you a few moments to do so. All right. And now, back to the show. And welcome back, fan bros. I hope that break wasn't too long. As we stated, it is Black History Month today, this month, this whole month, not just today. Um, And to celebrate, I'm actually super, super excited to welcome our guests here today. Very, very excited to welcome Lorraine Williamson and Pamela Thomas from the Museum of Uncut Funk. How y'all doing? Doing good. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Really honored to have you guys. Um, You guys are on the precipice of some unheralded attention right now. I don't know if I could even make that grander, but uh, (laughs) uh, I just came back from the Schomburg Library where you guys have this incredible exhibit. Um, But before we get into the exhibit, I'd like to just throw out some, some questions. Why don't you give us some background on what is the Museum of Uncut Funk? Well, we are celebrating the greatest decade ever, we feel, which is the 1970s. And we decided to do this because most of the stuff that we've been collecting is based in the 70s. So we have a very large uh, movie poster collection of all of the exploitation films. And what we're so excited about with that collection is most of it is from the foreign interpretation of the films the posters and the art is completely different on these posters versus the american posters so we're very excited about that 
We have a, a 1970s comic book collection, and we also collect coins, because surprisingly, a lot of people don't realize that there are black folks on coins. And we have all, every stamp that's ever been made with anyone black on it. And you know, one of the reasons why I thought it would be very cool to do this is because we have uh, godchildren, and we wanted to give them exposure to different things. Also, just having them understand that they can be collectors and, and, be, and preserve history in different formats. And because we're stuck in the 70s. That's okay, though. Uh, honey, cool we era. love the 70s. <laughs> yeah, we I think it. if you go a little further back, it gets kind of rough. So yeah, I like the 70s. Us, it gets a little rough. It gets a little yeah. rough. You yeah. go, time travel is really only for white people. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you can't really go too far back with black folks. Well, that's what's so cool about the 70s. And, you know, kind of leading up to the animation exhibition where I was so excited about our 70s uh, animation art. Um, that features all of the the black characters that were in cartoons during that decade is it's the first time that you saw positive black characters that you could identify with on TV because prior to that we were all kinds of things from animals to mammies and coons and you know things that you just didn't recognize as, as being you know real black people it's what white people saw black people to be but not what we saw of ourselves and then you get into the 70s and you got people like Bill Cosby Barry Gordy black folks behind the camera who are, you know, starting to bring our stories more realistically to television. So that's what's so cool about the art. It's it's the first time you saw positive black characters that, you know, we were superheroes, we were in outer space, we were, you know, we were all kinds of things. We saw the Jackson 5, the Harlem Globetrotters, mm -hmm. you know, Lieutenant Uhuru from Star Trek. I mean, there was a really broad representation of, you know, different, you know, aspects of black life that were positive and fun and colorful and, you know, black folks and white folks got along and it was it was a good time, at least in cartoon form during the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the 70s itself had a very distinctive art direction, especially in an animation you had mentioned that was very colorful. I know this has a lot of curves and, and non-linear, you know, uh, 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 direction with a lot of the characters themselves, whereas now it's very, you know, boxy, or maybe in the 80s it was more boxy, you know, it's not too so much life into it, right. whereas a lot of the characters had literally no end to them. They just kind of encompassed all characters, they encompassed all, all, all feeling and emotion and thought, so I, th I thought that the 70s was just cool in that, right, in that aspect, that it was very, what do I want to say, it was very inviting. That's true. Inviting. Yeah. That's true. I also feel like uh, the 70s was also a time, especially in animation, where it was really looking at kids as the main focus mm -hmm. of the, the who who their audience was when it came to animation and, and this kind of thing. So they, they really did go overboard in terms of making them inviting and, and you know, uh, the whole Saturday morning thing, you know, the whole ritual of watching a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, you're able to kind of identify as a young black kid, you're able to identify with the Saturday morning cartoons in the 70s as opposed to you know before that like you said you see whether it be on Warner Brothers or you you weren't really relating to the the stereotypical images mm -hmm. um I did want to ask you how did you get started in collecting I mean what led you down this path how, you know where, where does this start where does this come from well uh Lorene started collecting uh Disney animation Warner Brothers animation Looney Tune characters and when we initially um, started to work together on different projects, my, the first thing I said to her was, I know there's got to be black cartoons. My background is in African-American history. And for me, it was like, well, if you're going to collect this, I know there's something black that we can collect. 
And the people that we were working with, the gallery, uh, we went to them and said, we want to get some black cells. Can you help us? And I guess we kind of looked like we had three heads because no one had approached them about that. So the first cell that they were able to get for us was Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. And from there, it went to Franklin, and then it just took off. And then we started to do research on the different cartoons, and one thing led to another. Fifteen years later, we have this amazing collection. So just to plug the this incredible exhibit that's up at the Schomburg, it's called Funky Turns 40, Black Character Revolution. And it's on display at the Schomburg in, here in Harlem and New York City until June uh, 2014. Um, and uh, basically, it's a culmination of all your digging in the crates for cells, I guess, as, as they call it. Right, right. Now, you also mentioned that part of the reason why you did this because you want to help extend the legacy to the younger generation, let them understand, you know, what was available at that time, even that far back. Because they don't believe that, you know, we ever got a shot at all. They say, oh, no, we, this has a rich history. Do you think at this point people have forgotten about it? Uh, well, before I, I answer that, one of the things that we really wanted to do, truth be told, mm -hmm. was to honor and collect our history because there are so many people who are doing it, but they don't look like us. Mm. So going to the different shows and making uh, relationships with either dealers or gallery owners, they don't look like us. So it was critically important to take charge and get these different types of things to collect and be people of color to have ownership of them. Um, as far as your question, um, well, I don't know if it's so much. I'll, I'll hop in here. Yeah. It's. I think it, it's. It's one to make sure that you know people of color see other people collecting. So they. So it. It's like, gee, mm. there are interesting things That's that really can important. that we can collect. It doesn't always have to be. You know, and I'm not. I'm not knocking people who collect. You know, more of the slave artifacts and the yeah. mammy jars and the cookie jars and stuff. There. Are, there are a lot of folks who you know have that. As, as you know their passion and what they chase but there are so many more aspects of our experience that you can collect right. and it doesn't always have to be kind of the negative aspect of our history the thing that's kind of cool about the you know the black exploitation posters for example or the animation cells you know kind of coming out of civil rights in the 70s you start to see how you know black people are depicted differently you know whether it's on television with all of the you know the sitcoms that were there and you had black characters you know leading sitcoms for kind of the first time in history or it's in the films where you know you had the man that you know the black folks triumphed over the man and you know we were you know in charge and you know kind of living our own lives and doing our own things or in the cartoons where you know you see the positive representations those things are interesting you know to collect and to and to to understand so that we can tell those stories you know there was a positive thing that came out of civil rights where we right. started to control our own images right. and started to tell our own stories and be in charge of producing our own films and producing our own cartoons and our own television shows so that's you know just an area that that's interesting to us you know just because we grew up watching that and consuming that you know, as 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 kids and teenagers, but the the ability to kind of have artifacts that remind you of that is a good thing as well. And sure. you just want people to know it's out there. You can find it. You know, you can chase things that are interesting to you and mm. can collect them. Well, yeah, on that point too, um, because I've been getting a big debate with people lately because I still haven't seen uh, Twelve Years a Slave, and I saw Django Unchained, and you know, it's, I mean, they're different films and everything, but I just feel like lately there's been a big emphasis on like. Like you were talking about, like slave culture and the fact that we were so downtrodden and whatnot. 
instead <laughs> of the facts of other sides of our history, you know, and whatnot. So I'm glad to see that there's more collective, you know, and showing Casey something that's not like, okay, we were slaves, you know, we were, <laughs> you know, the worst of the people, you know, that we actually have something and we were at one point were doing and directing and making our own films and et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah. that, that was critically important for us because, you know, we both love museums, we both love galleries, we both are into culture, especially black culture, but we do the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, I am one who will tell anyone you need to know who you are to understand where you're going, but there's so much to our experience and, you know, our cultural institutions, they just are comfortable doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that is part of the reason why uh, this generation and maybe the generation before it, it's like black history, you know, okay, that was a long time ago. Right. And the interest is not the way it was when I was studying black history. And, you know, I had to get all of this information. I had to know who I was and where I came from. And it's just like, you know, you talk to young people today about, you know, what happened 400 years ago. They don't want to know that. Yeah. But you talk to young people about what happened in the 70s, some of them, and then they get exposure to all of this funk and all this in your face and all this loudness and these afros and the clothes and the bass line. And it's like, oh, the living what, cartoon. Ha what happened? Life I, I didn't know cartoon. about this. Yeah. And that's because we went from the 60s right into the 80s. Now, I understand for a lot of people, the 70s is too much in your face. You know, it was too much blackness. <laughs> it was too much, you know, sticking it to the man. It was yeah. too much, you know, whatever it was for some people. But that's a whole decade that is not being discussed. Mm. It, the history is very rich. You know, coming out of the 60s with all of that turmoil, yeah, people wanted to just be free and just be comfortable and be who they were. And they were expressive through literature, through art. Uh, making films, and it was just a very expressive visual decade. Absolutely. And it's just so rich, and people need to know about it. It's definitely the, in terms of music, it's the apex of music. Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows that half of hip hop wouldn't be hip hop without what was happening in the 70s. I mean, it's right. transcendent. It is, it is. I mean, you put you put on Steve, any Stevie from the 70s, anybody can rock to that. Right. If you can't get, I mean, if you can't feel something from a Stevie Wonder record from the 70s, you got no, we have no you, soul. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> we have no heart. <laughs> One of the key points that you, the both of you made that I that for me, um, I really took to heart, and I think other people will really enjoy is the fact that you are trying to do something that others that are not you know of black culture do all the time, and you are being active against the the, the aspect of appropriation all day every day, especially now. We always talk about it. we talk about the whole the appropriation of twerking and then. Miley Cyrus and the rest of them and just to and you know black people collect stuff all the time we've always been collecting stuff but to be very hyper aware even and and very active in collecting our history and showing that hey this is not just for MoMA mm -hmm. and you know and, and the Museum of Natural Histories out there this is also for the Schomburg you know mm -hmm. this is also for the 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 anchor um, um, cultural centers in our communities, and I think that's fabulous, and and you know that that makes me really happy about that. So, and I'm, I believe people are going to be really excited about that. You know, it's interesting because you know sometimes we step back, and I and I think you know we got into collecting because again we kind of looked around and said, gee, so and so has this gigantic collection of black culture, but that person isn't black, 
Mm. And, oh, this person has this amazing collection of this aspect of black culture. But, oh, that person isn't black either. And we started to look around and say, wait a minute, you know, what's going on here? You know, white people have always consumed our culture. And a lot of them, in some ways, have more appreciation for our culture than we do, which is sad. And, you know, I think that, you know, it got us thinking that said, you know what, it, it's got to start with us, right? We can't sit and, you know, complain about it. You know, you have to kind of be about it and you have to kind of show people that if you don't want to, you know, remember all the bad times and all of the, you know, the real difficult times, you don't want to collect those reminders, that's okay. You know, that has its place and it's important because we can't forget. You know, we need to continue to, to remind people that we were in slavery because they're trying to rewrite history like it never happened. So, th so that needs to continue. But again, that doesn't have to be the only aspect of our culture that we celebrate. And if there are things that are fun and maybe less serious, you know, from a, you know, historical perspective, that's okay, too. Because when you start to do the investigation, like we did, you know, we realized that there was a story there. And we kind of feel like, you know, we have to be the ones that recognize it and claim it. You know, again, so we talk about the Bill Cosby's of the world, we've talked about, you know, like the Floyd Normans and Leo Sullivan's, the, the, the few black animators back then who were doing it and who were creating, you know, these amazing characters for a whole generation of children to be inspired by, somebody's got to tell that story. You know, we have to claim it, we have to tell it, and we have to tell it the way it happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, you know, in addition to collecting the art, we're trying to go out and, you know, find folks who were a part of what we call the black character revolution and bringing all these positive characters to screen to understand what was it like to be one of the only blacks working in an industry that up to that point had been very exclusionary and very racist in terms of the output that they put out. What was that like? You know, mm -hmm. how, how were you treated? How did you feel? Did you understand that you were making history back then? We've had some really fascinating conversations. So, you know, the, the whole thing of, you know, collecting something that you love for the two of us has turned into, you know, a real obsession in, in making the collection bigger, but now really kind of transforming into, you know what, we really should tell the story because we love it and we want people to understand it. We want to learn it. But we want you know, people to know there's more to, you know, these really cool cartoons than, you know, than what is kind of at the surface. And that's the thing about, you know, finding something that you love. So we want to encourage people to do the same thing. Mm. Collect it because you love it, but learn the history, learn the story, and be a storyteller. Speaking of stories, do you have any, what's like the hardest sell you had to track down? Or is there is there a crazy wild ride that it was like Raiders where you had to like jump through hoops to get this thing or what's like the what's the hardest thing that you had that you guys got i think franklin is the hardest sell that we um we have been looking for we've been lucky enough to get one cell and an original drawing but because of who franklin is and the 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 uh, series that he's a part of the peanuts you know that's kind of on lockdown nobody right. uh, the uh, schultz Muse museum is not parting with any of that, and you can't even have a conversation with them about purchasing or doing anything with them. They Are there even a lot of animations of Franklin? Because I feel very like I feel like even even in the public eye, you just he was always in the cut. You never really saw him. Is he, he was few. he was in the he was in the, the he, specials he's though, always right? In the specials, but you know he's the yeah. token. Yes, he, he, he pops up, you know, in right. a couple of frames, right. and then you know he right. goes right on out. So. And when he does pop up, yeah. it the the amount of money that they want for a Franklin cell is ridiculous. <laughs> so you know we're very blessed to have the one and the original drawing that we have. That's amazing of it. Um, so I would say Franklin yeah. for me. Um, it may be something different for Lorraine. You know, I mean, they. It's interesting, and I think 
it's kind of weird how this happens because, you know, as we started to do more research and we learned about cartoons that, you know, kind of came towards the end of the 70s after we had, you know, kind of gone to high school and we were watching, you, you know, like I didn't know that there was, you know, a black character in a Casper cartoon, you know, Casper and the Angels. I'd never heard of that cartoon know before. That. <laughs> you know, and it was like, wow, okay, now I have to have that. So wow. I think because we, we have kind of put it out in the universe, sometimes the cells come to us. Like oh, even, wow. not even the ones that we knew existed. Like, the Soul Train cell, we weren't necessarily looking for that. It just kind of, it was there and we were like, oh my God, we got to get it. And the Muhammad Ali cell came that way. It's like, oh my God, we've got to get that. So, you know, we've just been lucky that be- as we became more aware and we looked in more places, we were able to find one here and one there. And that's how we've put the, put the collection together. It's amazing. Do you have any uh, black lightning cells? We have, we don't have black lightning because black lightning wasn't in the cartoons back then. He was in the, he cr- in the we have black Vulcan cells. Yeah, black Vulcan cells. There's a black yeah. Vulcan cell from from uh, from uh, Super Friends. So that Super they have. Friends is black Vulcan. It's yeah. black Vulcan. Named black right, right, black. Yeah, they right, couldn't right, use right, black right. lightning they because couldn't. of licensing issues, right. so they created black but Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah. Right. So there you go, butchering names, Ben. I mean, nothing changes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So we've got we've got some we've got uh, some black Vulcan cells. We've got black Vulcan drawings. We've got a black Manta cell. We've got a couple black Manta yeah. drawings. Right. Um, I geeked then, out on the on the Soul Train cell though because um, most of these were done for TV, and TV is very um, how do you say disposable. The cells that yeah. they gave were very disposable. And um, and I let them know. I ran up afterwards. I was like, that Soul Train cell is hand-painted. Like, all the cells are hand-painted, but most of the time the outline of the drawing is Xeroxed oh, from okay. a pencil sketch. But everything on that Soul Train cell is hand-painted. There's, like, a technique in cell painting that's very kind of, you know, delicate and all this stuff. And that cell has all that going on. And this is the original Soul Train you know, train, train. Right, that, right, that right. pumps out the smoke right. and all that. And I, when I looked up close and I was like, oh, this is the genuine, like, real, real, real deal. It's, it's not like one of these kind of throwaway cells, you know, kind of that you can find sometimes. And it's not like that impressive a piece of artwork. But that cell from I've an, always liked that train, by fr- the way. Right. Yeah. It's, it plus it has, <laughs> right, yes. like you guys said, it's a black train. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it dances. It yep. dances. <laughs> it's got like it's yeah. got character, but that cell as a piece of artwork, I was really, really, uh, I was geeking out over that for sure, for sure. Um, uh, maybe one last question. Um, are, how do you? What do you really, really expect? You know, the, the exhibit, or or just in, in general, but particularly with the exhibit, I, I should focus this. Is like, what what kind of effect do you think um, this is going to have on people? What What are your hopes for the exhibit? Well, we I hope that people will come. And one, have fun with the exhibit. And it brings back childhood memories for them of what, you know, they saw on television and how they saw the progression of the negative images from the 60s or whatever their experiences were and going into the 70s and seeing all of this color and all of this excitement and, you know, uh, images that were a reflection of them on television. And they walk away understanding that they were part of history, groundbreaking history in the field of animation, although they didn't know it. And, you know, based on, you know, the information we've provided uh, to the Schomburg, once they read the story and then make the connection with their childhood, they should walk away feeling really empowered as a, you know, a person of color saying, wow, I was there. I saw these cartoons when I was a kid. But so many years later, now I understand 
that they were groundbreaking. And, you know, we had the first of everything in every area from education, the first superhero, Verb. You know, uh, we had uh, Lieutenant... From Schoolhouse Rock. Verb. Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, Lieutenant Uhura from uh, Star Trek, the first black female actress going from a live action series into a cartoon series. And you know they wanted to, to, to cut her out. They didn't want her to be a part of that. And so you have all of these firsts, the first black sports team, the Harlem Globetrotters, first black musical team. So, you know, people should walk away feeling inspired that they were a part of history mm. and um, have fun because this is a fun exhibition. You know, it's not heavy. It's not depressing. There are no images there where it reminds us of a time that, you know, was very painful. We still need to see those. But this, we want you to have fun. We want you to come. We want you to smile. We want you to bring your children, bring your grandchildren, and bring a bowl of cereal if they'll let you eat it in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th I think that's the key thing. I mean, you know, I was talking to a woman at the, um, after we did our curator's talk, and she's like, I'm going to go and bring my grandchildren. I'm like, that's exactly what we want. We want you mm -hmm. to, you know, remember it and share it with your kids, share it with your grandkids. Tell everybody, you know, bring all your friends because it's, it's fun. It's, 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 the Schomburg has done a really amazing job of taking something that's fun and colorful and making it even more fun and more colorful. So, you know, the cells are amazing, but the environment that they've created, you know, to the home that they've created for our, for our children, our little cell children, is, it's, a, it's a very cool place. It's a very cool playground to, to be able to, to see the exhibit and just kind of stand back and, and take it all in. So um, it's a fun exhibit. We're excited about it. Uh, and uh, we just really wish that, you know, everybody who has an opportunity to see it gets a chance to go see it. Right. And just to reconfirm, the exhibit's open to the public now, right? It's open to the yes. public. And it's open through June. It's open June through June 14th. 14th. June 14th, okay. Is that June Bloom? That's like, that sounds like June Bloom for, for, for uh, Brooklyn Academy Music. I used to go there when I was a kid. But, um, <laughs> um, okay, excellent, excellent. We definitely appreciate that. Definitely. And uh, when you guys do an exhibit of your Black Flotation posters, We'd like the Fan Bros exclusive you got because it. Uh, we are Most big black exploitation yes. fans. Oh, got it. and we've here. got some posters, I think, that if you're not familiar with the international posters, we've got some posters that will blow you away. Yeah, I, lo I love the international posters. So I'm really excited to see, I don't know if you guys have some, you know, uh, Hell Up in Harlem. Yes. Yep. Oof, little Fred Williamson, maybe little Black Caesar. Yep. Oh, boy. We're going we to got We got a gigantic... 81 by 81 that would probably take up most of this room of Cleopatra Jones. Oh. And then we have we have a humongous, what, 79 by 55 of Pam Greer coffee. Man. So we've got some pretty, it's a, an Italian poster. Ah, the we best. got some from Israel, from Egypt, uh, Korea, everywhere. Yeah, we, we got to do a, an exhibit of that. Definitely. <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds amazing. Anyway, we just, uh, so thanks so much for coming. And, um, all right, fam bros, that was your black history segment. I'm just a bill. And we'll be right back after this quick break. This is Joey Garfield, aka Filet O Fresh. It's a big wide world out there. So watch fam bros. Have some chips, some dip, hang out. And welcome back, Internets, to the one and only Fan Bros Show. It's your boy, DJ Ben. I mean, I don't know why I reintroduce myself after every break. Because you forget who you are, Ben. Apparently. Is that what it is? You, yes. you time warp travel <laughs> and you come back <laughs> on some memento it's shit. We gotta, in the same exactly. Place. <laughs> we got to remind you every fucking time. Oh, you like that? You like that Tom Cruise <laughs> movie where he keeps swearing <laughs> in the same place? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. 
you know, you're oblivion. <laughs> DJ Ben oblivion. <laughs> and I got to be reminded of who I am every exactly, time. Exactly. Well, I don't need to be reminded of this because it's time for my favorite segment of the week, uh- Comics. I cop Tim Sony, and how did you interrupt me on comments I cop? I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, this is time for my favorite segment of the week: comics I copped. And this week in comics I copped in the news, um, there really hasn't been that much. Oh man, Miss Marvel came out this week. I really have to shout it out. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's the debut of the first Muslim superhero to lead her own comic, female Muslim superhero. The hype around has been good. I did get to read the preview. The art's amazing. From the preview, I like the writing. I really like the lettering. They were doing some really interesting stuff with the lettering. The whole issue looks good. Check it out. Miss Marvel on stands right now. It's been getting a lot of hype, a lot of news. It should be selling well. But even bigger news this week, I mean, it's... Preacher, one of the greatest. <laughs> wow. What was that big ass? Oh my god, was that was that pot? I don't know where he was going with that. <laughs> Me neither. I'm like, oh my god, wait, I missed something. Ben, well, I mean, has the most dramatic pauses in podcasts. <laughs> well, you have to when uh, a series of this magnitude. Preacher, one of the greatest comic runs ever. You know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show before. It's written by Garth Ennis. It's probably my favorite or one of my top two Garth Ennis written books. And Preacher is just an amazing. Ridiculously twisted story that uh, is now going to be adapted by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah, his for, writing partner. Yeah. For AMC. Okay, that's who Evan is. I wasn't yeah, sure who Evan, that is. I mean, Evan, and the, Evan is his writing partner. He's written everything that they've ever written okay. together. Um, the other one detail, I think everybody was kind of amped about this, so I was kind of calling through really? some of the art- articles. Well, I mean, it's been announced. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, well, Seth and Preacher just does, does not make a match to me. But hear me out. I don't know what their take on it is going to be, but I think it's for a pilot. So it's not necessarily for the series. Okay. They're going to pilot this first and see how it turns out. And then from there, I think they're going to take Oh, it yeah. Through. But this is if, something. This is a foregone conclusion. Unless they make the worst pilot in history. This like especially with the success of Walking Dead, like there's no way AMC is to turn down Preacher. Well, the thing is though, Seth and Evan aren't really known for their. Although the showrunner is the showrunner of the show is somebody from Walking Dead. I forget his okay. name. Okay. So they do have somebody who does have a dramatic background. Yeah. Who's going to showrun the show? But um, yeah, their names don't bring about the most high, you know, recognition when it comes to comics. Although Seth Rogen is a huge Garth Ennis fan. And he he loves comics and he he's read all this stuff. So well, preacher is like uh, for those who don't know about the storyline behind preacher. Preacher is the story of a preacher who gets the word of God put into him, where he can command you to do anything he says. He also rolls around with a I want to say he's Irish vampire. Um, he runs into the patron saint of killers, who is like the saint of every killer ever made, and looks like. Clint Eastwood on his worst day ever. And it's a really dark uh comedy. That's what I, that's the best way I can describe it. It's a very dark comedy of a book. It's not for everyone. It's very adult. It's <laughs> definitely something that would be an amazing AMC show if done right. But if done right is the big part so of that equation. So you don't think Seth and them can do it. Man, I liked um I, I liked Seth Rogen and I like I don't I just don't want it to be too much like this is the end like yeah that's yeah, but I don't think I, I to me honestly I feel like he knows what he's doing he's a little smarter than that 
and because he's a fan, I'm going to, you know what, for this one, I'm going to trust Seth Rogen on this. I'm going to trust him because it definitely is type, um, you know, not, the, you know, it's that dick humor. You know, I mean, Preacher is definitely, and Darth Ennis in general writes a lot of really dark, you know, but really twisted humor. Like, and so it has an element of Seth Rogen in it where I can see it working. Right. So I, I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic with this one, too. So excuse my overly dramatic pause earlier because it might not be that bad. Preacher coming to AMC by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And that about wraps up Comics I Cop for the week and brings us right into our next segment where we're going to a little TV talk. And we got, uh, speaking of AMC once again, The Return of the Walking Dead. When is that? Next week? This Sunday? This Sunday. Wow, already? Yep. Man. So, yeah, this is the return of the second season or, no, I mean, not second, second season. Second half. Second half of the fourth season of Walking Dead. That's right. And uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen much because um, from a reader of the comic books, after the, this, uh, the prison, the big, you know, prison fight and everyone split up, the comics have already taken a different turn from the show and everyone split up. There's different characters and whatnot. But in the comic books, this eventually leads to... Um, Oh, spoiler alert, maybe? Well, spoiler alert, yeah, just a little bit of spoiler alert, because I've already read the disc. <laughs> you got to warn them. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's why. You got to warn the listeners just in case. Okay, well, spoiler alert, this leads to the next storyline in the comics is called The Hunters, and Rick and his crew, uh, well, they eventually get a little bit reunited, but there's still a lot of split up amongst the crew, but some of them run into this group of people called The Hunters who are hunting other human beings. And... I'm not going to spoil how that ends, but it starts a trend of where you start to see Rick being a much more proactive and much more about, okay, there's a problem out there. Like, it's not the walking dead that you really have to contend with. Mm. It's more people out there. People's and that's when behavior, Rick really yeah. realizes that. And it's yeah. like, he starts, it, it, it really leads the group down a darker path, let me say. I think the series has been um, teetering on that a little bit, and and we've seen with this uh, when the governor came back with that second crew. Yeah. So you definitely see that there are pockets of people wilding out on uh -huh. the show. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've been at the prison for the past year, I guess, and and you know, we've been confined to whatever's been happening in the prison. But uh, you know, with the ending of the last uh, or the first, you know, run. We, we definitely got to see how humans were really the problem. And everybody's pretty much solved the idea of, okay, we know how to kill these guys. We just need to, uh, you know, really take care of each other. Yeah. And the uh, other thing is I read recently that Kirkman said that right now in the comic book, there's a character called Negan and the survivors, and there's a big war going on in the comic right now. But I saw Kirkman, I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said that might not happen till you know, if the show goes to like season eight. Oh. And... I mean, there is a lot more things in between right now, but I thought they would already start leading into that, you know, but it looks like they're not. It looks like they're going to, you know, stretch this out and really show some of the other stuff that happened in the comic book. So It's an interesting discussion. When Ca when Game of Thrones comes back on, it would be interesting to compare the books to that, too, because I hear in Game of Thrones they've just been barreling through the books. Yeah, definitely. And whereas Walking the Dead is, I think the writers and the showrunners are taking the show, in a like, they're definitely following certain storylines from the comics, but they're also deviated. yeah, no, they've they've deviated. Um, I mean, a lot. There, there's certain things like, um, spoiler alert, and I guess this doesn't matter anymore. But like at the end of last season, when Herschel got his head cut off, right? That was Herschel. Yeah, getting his head cut off. That actually happened to uh, Tyrone in the book. Oh, yeah, Tyrone. But Tyrone had been along with the crew much earlier, so his character development. So when it happened, it was like. 
So actually leading up to that episode, I was like, yo, they're not going to cut off his head because, you know, he hasn't been around long enough for it to matter to anyone. But then when they cut off Herschel's head, I was like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't really expect that because, you know, I mean, you know, Herschel's been around. I didn't expect them to, you know, chop off the old man's head like he, that. He was also a moral compass. Like, yeah. He had a lot more gravity to the team. Yeah, definitely. So when you get rid of a character like that in front of everybody, public execution. Yeah. You know. I mean, like, when the thing happened in the comic book, the whole prison riot and the whole fight, that was one of the first times when uh, Walking Dead, when I wanted to stop reading the comic. Because so many people died and so many characters got killed that it was just like, man, this is a really depressing book to be reading. But, you know, I'm still reading it, you know, like 50-something issues later. So, Robert Kirkman, shout hey, out to you. Anybody who's trying to make TV, every, the new standard is you have to kill half of your cast by, like, episode eight. Yeah. For this to be a decent <laughs> show. So, also, you know, this is going to be interesting. Leading the True Detective is still Ah, alive. coming True Detective. So, DVR like a mug on a yeah. Sunday night, We're going to have to have some real special, long special, <laughs> special deliveries. deliveries. Yeah, our special deliveries have got to get a little long this week, Tim Sinker. we got a lot to cover. I yeah, hear you do. guys are putting a lot of people on to this show, actually. Yeah, I've been seeing that. A lot of people hit us on the Twitter about Fanbro's show. Don Will became an instant fanatic after he left. I just put my housemate onto it. I got to talk to him, see what he thought about it. But It's the best show on TV, hands down. I'm about to be one of the people who writes an article on fanbros.com and calls it like the greatest show, you know, ever, you know, after three episodes. So that's how <laughs> but, I feel. But, yeah, I know, I know. It's only been three episodes. But, but the thing is, I don't want it to pull a loss. Like, yes. they're leading us down this incredible path. Yes. I hope they don't I hope they stick that ending. Yeah, they need to really, really. Don't break, break your foot on the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it for TV. Now it's time for Tech Talk with Tatiana. Tech Talk with Tatiana. <laughs> On the Twitter. <laughs> Why well, you said that so hard, yo? <laughs> yes, Tech Talk with Tatiana. So first up, Amazon acquires a video game studio. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of wild. Yeah. That's a little weird. They um, actually bought a studio called Double Helix Games. It's a studio that has put out such great hits like G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, <laughs> and Front Mission Evolved, <laughs> and Th- these are hits? Green Lantern, Rise of the Manhunters. Whoa, 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 hold me. on, hold on. What were these hits on, like the iPhone? Listen, um, <laughs> most of these were actually on PS3. There's, there's, like the G.I. Joe one was actually on every, um, every platform. But, um, oh, and, and, and the 2013 Killer Instinct game. That happened, but it looks like it's on a, it's on app only because it says no PS two, no PS three, no PS four, no PSP, and no. Wii. Uh, I don't know about these hits, Tatiana. Right, that's why I said I, I was being facetious, okay. but um, yeah. So, so I thought that was interesting because if they're looking to become a, a video game publisher, I'm all for it because they're, they're they've been trying to expand it to pretty much every single aspect of life ever they ship everything you can get pretty much anything you want off of amazon so if they're trying to do that awesome if but i heard another rumor that they're doing this because they're trying to now build a hardware console like the ouya i think that's a mistake mm. i think that will be a big mistake and yeah. I, ha- I have one word to show you how much of that mistake that is sega oh <laughs> speaking of sega you saw they um re uh their revamped sonic they have a yes. new Sonic cartoon coming out and a new Sonic no, video Jaleel game. No, Julia White. Say what? No, Julia White. You said Sonic cartoon. He was the voice of Sonic. You didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Julia who? Jaleel White. Jaleel White. Really? Yeah. Urkel. Urkel. Oh, I had no idea. He was the voice of Sonic, son. Wow, I had no idea. In yeah. The, um, I don't know if in both, but there was there were several versions. But anyway, he was the voice. But um, yeah, they got a new one. It's called Sonic Boom. 
Nice. I heard it looked good. It, it does. I saw some uh, shots from it today on the web. It looked, you know, and the funniest thing was like reading the comments and people just like, oh my God, they redesigned Sonic. <laughs> oh, it's the worst redesign ever. Why would they do this? But listen. Don't kids today snow? Don't they still love the old Sonic? And <laughs> and me, like, I'm I'm a grown man. You know, I remember the really? first Sonic. Really? I couldn't tell by that voice. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just sitting there wondering, like, yo, like, when I looked at the new Sonic versus the old Sonic, I was like, did you see a difference? I haven't seen it. There's yet. there's slight differences, but it's nothing where you would be like, "Oh my god, they ruined." You know, it's like, "What, dude? There's not well, much change." Well, my for instance, my brother, um, my brother, he has been a Sonic like he's a super fan. Yeah. So he knows every nuance of that character, yep. every line. So I can understand if like they really went hard and changed no. something up, and they made him look like knuckles. They gave or him tails some athletic uh, tape on his hands and legs, and a scarf. Why the hell are you wearing a scarf? He ain't tails. Tails wear scarves. He's cold when he runs. Anyway, the next topic <laughs> we have is the NYPD is actually beta testing Google Glass. Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> Robocaps. <laughs> everything. So apparently they're doing this because they're doing this as part of their, their new surveillance program. Um, people want to say terrorism or other stuff. You know, I just think they're just continuing to Fear of a black planet. <laughs> they're trying to go too far, too Yeah, hard. I'm just going to counter with my own Google Glass. Be like Google glass, <laughs> hood glass. Who's looking at who? Who recorded <laughs> exactly, who? Man. Who recorded who? So, so now you got them with Google Glass. You got them on Segways, and what else did they have? So you're gonna have fat and blind cops. Oh, see, I didn't say that, y'all. Yeah. I didn't um, say that, y'all. Uh, my thing is, can Google Glass get a redesign, like uh, their look? Like they uh, are, they are. They're doing them more like the um, like actually like blurred shades, like straight up like uh, Roy Orbison frames. Yeah, because I saw a basketball player in an interview the other, or it was football. It was after the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl, yeah. And yeah. dude had on the Golden, Google Glass, Golden and Tay had I was like, man, you look like a complete jackass. Like, <laughs> you know, no shots, dog. It's not even you. It's just anyone wearing that joint it looks like a jackass. Like it looks like some Star Trek, like, but it looks like the reject Star Trek design, like. I mean, it'll, it'll get there. It'll get there. I'm going to yeah. get the gazelle frames from, like, there we 85. Go. There we go. I'm put diamonds on it. Yes. That's going to be my Google Glass. There Five we go. style. Diamond. Baller. Um, lastly, I just wanted to put a uh, game of the day or game of the week. Uh-oh. Um, it is on um, iOS. I'm not sure if it's on Android, but it's called, and it's been taking the internet by storm. It's called Flappy Bird. No. We're not going to bid this up. I, I read an article. Listen, it's not so much bigging it up, but making make sure you guys are aware. Because not everybody's aware of this. If you're not aware of this by now, I don't know where you've been. He's making 50 Gs a day. I So so while while Ben Amin was talking about the, 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 the Walking Dead stuff, because I don't care about that show, <laughs> I started playing the game. And when I say that's the most frustrating game. People say the mechanics are ass. But I think it was on purpose. Yeah. This, oh, the game is simple. You're a bird, and all you're trying to do is avoid hitting pipes. Like, you know how the, it's a side-scroller, yeah. it just oh, okay. scrolls forward? There's nothing else to it. There's, don't, there's no other movement. The only movement you're doing is tapping the screen to make him go up or down. So, like, the more you tap, the higher he goes. The less you tap, he falls. So it's just about, you know, keeping balance and all that stuff. When I say it's the hardest, worst mechanics, yeah. worst everything... But for whatever reason, I could not stop going. And it's and it's mo- mainly because not only is it frustrating, but it pisses you off. Like, there's no reason why I hit that joint. 
Like, there's no reason why it told me I died and I wasn't so even you touching. get really personal with it? You get personal with okay. it. He also ripped the... Um, joust. It sounds like joust. No, he man. ripped the tubes from Super Mario's. A lot of the he art... He ripped the tube oh. from Mario. Yeah, oh, it's, nice. it's original yeah, Super it, Mario it's, it's art. It's an 8-bit style, so he, he did oh, rip a lot, of, a lot of stuff. But it's taking it, like I said, taking the internet store. It has like a million downloads a week now. $50,000 a day. In ad revenue. Yeah, in ad in revenue. In ad revenue alone. The dude is pulling in um, from um, a junk game. His name is... Um, I hope I, I'm not mispronouncing because he's Vietnamese, uh, Dong Nguyen. Okay. Um. Yeah. So he, th- this this man, and he has, and this, and, and to be honest, this game came out last year, and it came out of nowhere. No one knows how this happened. So, stay tuned for the Fan Bros app of the week. We're gonna have our own game. Oh. Uh, I don't know, crappy wings. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up. We'll come up with something. Pilot wings meets Flappy Birds. Right. Crap- meets RoboCop. Meets ro- yeah, crappy wingy cop. Um, Crappy wing Google cap. Well, yeah, until we're making $50,000 a day off fan bros, uh, I think that's about it for this week, right? Anything else? Timson, Tatiana? That's it. That's it, man. Nothing? Nothing doing? Uh oh. That is actually not it. I have huge news, actually. Wow. Huge news. And we're saving this for the end of the show. Well I, done. You know what? I, I, I was so enthralled into about your talk about Walking Dead. Like, I forgot. I thought you were playing uh, Flappy Birds. That too. Yeah. Crappy so- wings. <laughs> <laughs> So in May, I am going to South by Southwest. Not May, excuse me, March. I'm going to South by Southwest. Yes. March 2014. And not only am I going to South by Southwest, I'm going to be a speaker Shout at South it by out. Southwest. Awesome. Uh, the details will be put out later. You can catch me on Twitter. I'll be talking about it soon enough. But um, long story short, I'll be talking about black Twitter. Nice. Whoa. Wow. Go ahead. Grand yeah. Duchess of Tech. I didn't even know you were back. involved in that whole black Twitter world. I'm involved in everything. I'm involved mm, well, in the internet. Well done. I'm involved in the internet. So, so it that, is what That's it what is. a fan bro does. Hashtag I'm involved in everything. Yep. <laughs> Along with hashtag simp for Spider-Man. Simp for Spider-Man. Yeah. We're gonna let's all... not forget hashtag statitude. Yeah. Always statitude. And of course, we need someone to do all these hashtags. We need a social media assistant. Well played. Thank you, sir. Um, hit us up. At show at gmail.com. Also hit us up on the Twitter at show. You can hit me on Twitter at DJ Ben Amin. You can hit Tatiana King Jones uh, at Tatiana King. You can hit our ghost producer at Kim Sonian on Twitter. Also, like I always do because he says I don't shout him out. Shout out to LOYC. You can follow him on Twitter. He's one of the main backbones of fanbros.com. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Samir, our engineer. Word. Samir, shout out to the Samir. God, the- Dopest. The engineer. Samir, the engineer. Shout out to all the writers. Shout out to everybody who wants to write. Hit us up at fanbroshow at gmail.com. Twitter at fanbroshow. You've heard me say it a million times. Actually, you should hit us up on our fanbros accounts. Yes. DJ Ben Amin at fanbros.com. Oh, yeah. Kimsonian at fanbros.com. True that. Tatiana at fanbros.com. There we go. There you go. All right. And with that, we'll be back next week. You can catch our special delivery coming up this week. We'll be talking True Detective, Walking Dead. A little shameless because I'm so mad at Emily Rossum's character right now. Y'all have no idea how pissed I am at her right now. Fan 